We're here. I think the the wind and the and the rain, the weather, uh, kept some folks away from us today. But uh, we're glad that you're here this morning. We welcome our guests here, especially today, and I uh, hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family. Uh, we have some some mothers that are here uh, celebrating Mother's Day, and we have children with their mothers uh, celebrating Mother's today. And so we offer you a special welcome this morning, and, and we're glad that you're here. One of the things we like to do is to have a moment of greeting, so let me invite you to stand up and turn around, shake the hands of the people around you, and just uh, extend the love of God to one another. <clears throat> Thank you so very much. It is great to express the love of God to one another and to, to share that time. Let me remind you of some uh, announcements that we have this morning. Let, first of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on the clipboards on each row. I'd like to ask if, uh, if you would take that and to fill it out, check the appropriate box on there, put your name address, email address on there. We would certainly appreciate it especially if you would like to be on our email newsletter and find out what's going on here at the church, uh, if you'd put your email address on there uh, so we can accommodate you in that way. Uh, some other things that we have going on. First of all, let me, uh, let me give an offer, uh, offer a word of thanks to everyone who participated in the Sureway fundraiser this weekend. Uh, we sold out of everything that we had cooked and it was a great time. We don't know what our, our uh, final numbers are on that as of yet, but thank you to everyone who put in a lot of hours and a lot of effort to make sure that this, this fundraiser uh, was a success. Um, this is one of our best uh, fundraisers during the year, and this, is, of course, is to, uh, to help us with some of our mission projects. And uh, so thank you so much for that. We certainly appreciate your help with that. And for those of you also who came out and bought some things from us, uh, we, we really do appreciate it. A couple of things coming up uh, I'd like to call to your attention. On Tuesday, our Joy Lunch, we'll, we'll have our Joy Lunch here at noon on Tuesday. Uh, that's our senior citizens group, and we invite you to bring a dish and bring a friend. And um, there will be a program from uh, uh, Chapel Hill United Methodist Church uh, that day, and so we hope that you can come and be a part of that. And one other thing, uh, there's a sign-up sheet down here on the bulletin board for our rafting trip. Uh, this is, we did find out that this is limited to uh, people 12 years and older. Uh, that's two weeks from today. It's on Memorial Day weekend, and um, we will be leaving right after church on Sunday and driving over to West Virginia, and we'll be rafting on Monday on Memorial Day and then coming back that evening. So if you would like to go, uh, please sign up on the sheet down here because we need to get our reservations in and, and uh, get a, a number, account for them so that they can make their plans for us. So please sign up. Uh, if you would like to go. It'll be a great time together. You see that our screen is down here. We have a new screen up um, after several weeks of being without it. You have one more week, folks. Next week, we'll have this up and running. The screen is here. We got, we've got all the equipment, and we're just trying to get the software loaded and ready to go. And so, I, you know, I've been noticing as I look out, you know, some of you folks aren't singing as much as you used to. And maybe you don't have that book close to you, the hymnal close to you, but we'll have this back up and running as of next week. And I know that uh, you're looking forward to it as much as I am. So we're glad that you're here. Let us uh, hear a word from the Lord as we begin our, our, script, our uh, worship together. From Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come... They were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, 
and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven staying in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. This is the word of God for you and for me. Today is Mother's Day, of course, and it's a day for us to honor our mothers. And I think one way uh, we can do this is by offering a special prayer uh, for mothers on Mother's Day. And so let me ask you, if you, were, if you are able and if you were born of a mother, please stand. For those of you who are a little slow, that means everybody. <laughs> Let us pray together. Oh God in heaven, we thank you for your special gift of mothers and for the example of their unconditional love that they share with their children. We pray that you would protect and guide mothers everywhere, that you would grant them your wisdom in loving and teaching their children. Today, may everyone everywhere remember the warm caresses, the whispers in the night the dried tears, the band-aids, the hugs, the kisses, and the laughter. And thank you for the mothers who played with us and nurtured us, taught us, and listened to us, who tried to understand us, and who prayed for us. Today, may we remember mom's beauty when, when they were younger. May we, we remember her loveliness discovered as we aged. Lord, especially remember those mothers who are alone today, for whatever reason. Grant them your comfort, your love, and your peace. And Lord, for children who are alone as well because of distance or death or indifference, we pray that may good memories would flood their minds. And Lord, thank you particularly today for phone calls, for a shared I love you. <coughs> Today, as we celebrate and honor or simply reflect on the woman who raised us, we thank you, Lord, for life, and especially for our moms who gave us life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
and girls here today, at least we did in our Bible study, study time, and so I'll assume we have less in worship as well, but we want you to come down, have your moment. Miss Christine is going to be leading you today. If you want to come down here, want to have somebody help you, that's great, and uh, we're right over here, and right after that, you can go back to your seats, and then a few minutes after that, we'll have Children's Church for those second grade and below. Good morning. What is today? Mother's Day, yes. Uh, we had a Mother's Day breakfast yesterday, and uh, one of our mothers, Royce Neal, told a uh, wonderful story about her uh, mother-in-law and, and um, just how wonderful she was and all. And Nora Hobson asked me if I was going to share my story, and I said, no, I'm, I've got to do a children's moment tomorrow. I'm going to save that. But I'll tell you, I might need some tissues. Mine was a hard, sad, sad childhood. You know, <laughs> mom, stand up. Let them see who my mother is. Come on, stand up. Stand up. <laughs> you know, uh, my mom was not always the easiest person to get along with. <clears throat> Some of you kids I know can, can relate. Our scripture for today is, listen, my son, but that could also be daughter, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. And that got me to thinking about how my mom had taught me when I was young. And I've got some items in here that I want to share with you. Now, some of them are pretty painful. Okay. Pretty painful. Let me see. First one I have here is a book. Do you know what my mom did to me when I was little? I would come home from school, and if I had homework, I couldn't watch television or go out and have fun until I did my homework. Does your mom ever do that to you? I just can't believe it. What was she thinking? What was she think? Why do you think that she did that to me? Why do you think she did that to me? have to do your homework. Maybe it was because she loves me and she wanted me to grow up and she wanted me to get a good education and she wanted me, whenever I had children, to know how to teach them. So I think it was really, in the end, after I thought about it for a little while, maybe, maybe it was because she wanted me to learn. Yes? Carrots. You know what my mom did to me? When I was growing up, it was awful. Torture. She made me eat my vegetables. Did your mom do that to you? Make you eat your vegetables? Like green beans and Brussels sprouts and you know, corn. Why do you think she did that to me? Why do you think she did that? Do you think she wanted me to grow up to be strong and healthy? To be healthy. To be healthy. That's right. It's because she loved me and she wanted me to grow up to be healthy. My mom always made me call her and tell her where I was going, who I was with, what we were doing, what time I would be home. Every, uh, I mean, you know, why did she do that? Always, always wanted to ask all these questions. You know, I just wanted to go where I wanted to go to be safe. She wanted to make sure I was safe because she loved me. Okay, now this last one. Oh, I can't believe she did this to me. She made me do chores. Does your mom ever make you do chores? You know, help with the dishes, run the vacuum. I would have much rather been watching television or I would have been rather out playing or just doing nothing, you know. Why couldn't she just do all the chores? Why did she do that to me? Why do you think she did that? Do what? 
so I would be responsible. Did your mom ever say that word to you? You need to learn to be responsible. So when I grew up, I would know how to be responsible and I would know how to do those things. That's why she did that, because she loved me. Now, when I was growing up, we didn't go to church a lot and we didn't read the Bible a lot. But when my mother got older, she came to Community Baptist Church whenever the church was still downtown. And she calls me up. I was about 30 years old. She called me on the phone. She still thinks I'm her kid. You know, I don't know why. She calls me on the phone and says, I went to this church, and they were so friendly, and I just loved it, and I want you to come. <laughs> on Sunday morning, I got to get out of bed, and I got to go to church. I don't know about that. Why do you think she did that to me? To learn about the Bible? To learn about Jesus? That's right. And so I could help to teach you about Jesus. And so she did that because she loved me. So our moms do some things sometimes that we think, what are they thinking? Why are they putting me through all this? But you need to remember that the reason they're trying to teach you these lessons is because they love you. And on this Mother's Day, you need to make sure that you tell your mom, thanks for all those awful times, Mother, that you have put me through because I realize you're doing it because you love me, okay? And Brittany has some roses there she's going to give my mom because I know my mom wondered what I was going to talk about up here today. <laughs> and you all can go back to your seats. Thank you. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of What's Growing Under Your Bed, uh, the only program that dares to venture into that vast wasteland, that real last frontier of a region known as under the bed of a fifth grader. Each week, our brave crew to explore the greatest mystery known to man. We've cut through dense jungles. We've battled wretched terrain. we fought our way through some of the dustiest dust bowls in America. But it's all been worth it. For in spite of the Tuckatoy avalanches, the paper wad boulders, and the chewing gum quicksand, our crews have successfully uncovered scores of ancient relics and for years have hit under the bed of adolescence. And we're only just beginning. There's so much more to explore, I mean. Just think of all the closets and drawers in America which haven't, we haven't even begun to explore yet. So join us, won't you, as we continue on our journey and ask yet another grow, a youngster, what's growing under your bed? This week finds us in the bathroom, the bedroom of Matthew Martin. And uh, Matthew's Martin, Martin's mother sent this, his name in 314 times, I believe. 315. I never mailed one. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Matt, it says, your mother likes your house plants but doesn't appreciate them growing naturally underneath your mattress. I know. Well, just how bad is it under there? My brother went in once looking for his ball. And I bet he never found it. No, he found it right away, but it took us two weeks to find him. Well, uh, why don't you say we take a good look? Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Uh, my goodness. How'd you ever fit all that stuff under there? I don't know. I really need a king size. So, uh, tell me, Matthew, just how long has it been since you cleaned under there? not sure. How old do you reckon that tree is? Well, Matthew, you know your mother's been wanting you to clean under there. Why haven't you done that? It's not like I don't do my other chores. It's just I'm a little scared. Well, so is your mother. That's why she sent for us. You're going okay. under there? No, no, I'm not going under there. I'm the star. <laughs> but you are. I mean, you can do that. All right. Um, okay, let's see. Hmm. 
Whoa, you may find something really gross there. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. What is it? What is that really gross? I really don't know. No, this isn't gross. This isn't gross at all. It's not gross? Nope. Looks gross to me. The marshmallow is a little crunchy, but it's still good. Okay, well, why don't you say we continue? Uh, Follow me. Maybe we'll find a sandwich next. A sandwich? I think we can find the whole delicatessen under there. Okay, let me see. What's in that glass over there? Which one? The one where that awful odor is coming from. You're going to have to be more specific. Uh, okay, then. The one on the right. At one time in its life? I think it was milk. I think these cookies go with it. And what's a glass of milk doing under your bed? It appears to be growing. Uh. Okay, too bad Nabisco doesn't have a museum. I think we have things under here that are petrified that would go really well there. What else is in there? Just some old clothes. Do they still fit? I don't think so. You mean those clothes have been under there since you were a baby? No, they were under my crib. I had to move them when I got a regular bed. Don't you ever hang anything up? And go into my closet? Don't you know that's child endangerment? Oh, I take it your closet's cluttered too? Let's just say if you went in there, you'd have to have a hard hat. And your dresser drawers, I guess they're a mess too. Haven't, I can't say, I haven't been able to open them for two years. Hey, uh, wait a minute. I saw... What's that moving over there? What, my lizard? No, next to him. Well, I'll be. It's my hamster. Oh, well, just how long has he been lost under there? I'm not sure. I don't remember him having a beard. <laughs> well, listen, Matthew. Don't you think it would have been a lot better to have obeyed your mother like the Bible says and just cleaned under your bed? I mean... After all, look at all the things you've been finding, and there's no telling what else is under there. You're right. I probably should have obeyed Mom. I mean, I've already found some old clothes, my hamster, and a perfectly good candy bar. And just think, we haven't started, even, started excavating yet. Yeah. Who knows what we'll find when we bring in the heavy equipment? Maybe that book I lost back in second grade. Or that homework assignment I lost last fall. I admit it's late. And the teacher will probably lower my, my grade all the way to an H. But it's better than nothing. And maybe... And so, this concludes of another edition of our program. Don't forget us next week when we visit a young lady from Montana whose mother claims she has Montana's first hanging gardens growing under her bunk beds. So until then, remember, obey your mom, clean your room, and because you just never know when our cameras might come to your home and ask... What's growing under your bed?
Lord, we pray for those today who need your presence, those that have a, a God-sized hole in their heart that only you can fill. We pray they will be ready to, to let you take that place today. Others who need encouragement, guidance, and everything else, Lord, we just pray we can be out of the way so your Holy Spirit can speak to them and even in this place make a change today. Pray we use our tithes and offerings to tell about Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Today is Mother's Day, and Larry, I appreciate you uh, in the little thing over here changing the name to protect the innocent parents, but <laughs> I, I think people figured out who he really is. <laughs> uh, today is Mother's Day, and we welcome everyone on this Mother's Day of 2008. And all moms are unique, of course. In fact, Joan Torello tells us that her mother is notorious for her lead foot. And so Joan was not at all surprised to hear that a Georgia State trooper had pulled her mother over for speeding as she raced her way through that state on her way home from Florida. And hoping to get off with just a warning, Joan's mother tried to appear shocked when the officer walked up to her car and, and she said, I've never been pulled over like this before. And so the officer looked at her and said, what do they usually do, ma'am, shoot the tires out? <laughs> Judith Bjorst once wrote an essay based on interviews that she had with children. And the subject was, what is a good mother like? And Bjorst reports that the children, all the children she interviewed, expected their mothers to get angry from time to time. She has to, said Ted, or she'll faint from holding it all in. But Randy said it's best to remember that when your mother starts to act real weird, you have to look serious and scared. And whatever you do, don't giggle. Because when mommies are mad, they just get madder when you giggle. Little Megan said, my mommy got so mad one time that she yanked the plate off of a table and all the mashed potatoes flew up into the air. And why, Viorst asked, pretending that she had never heard of anything so shocking as that, why would a mother do anything like that? Well, said Megan, she told my older brother Mike, he's 11 years old, he she told him to eat his potatoes and he said later, and then she told him again to eat his potatoes, and Mike said, soon. And then she told him again, he better eat those potatoes right now, and he said, in a minute. And then she stood up, and finally Mike took a bite of his potatoes, and he told her, how can I eat these? They're cold. <laughs> you know, it's not easy being a mom. Consider... I got an amen for that. <laughs> Let's think about the case of one stay-at-home mom. One evening she went to a PTA meeting and her husband and her oldest daughter got together and decided they would clean up the kitchen for her. And so they put up all the food and wiped down all the counters, washed the pots and pans and put them away, put the dishes in the dishwasher, turned it on, ran the dishwasher, they swept and mopped the floor, and then they sat down, overcome by their nobility, and, and they waited for mom to come back home. About two hours later, mom came back home from her meeting. She took her coat off and hung it up in the closet, walked through the kitchen into the den, grabbed the remote control, began watching television. And they followed her into the den and stood by her chair, looking over her shoulder. And finally, she felt them looking over her shoulder. And she looked up at them and said, what? And her husband said, the kitchen. And she said, the kitchen, what? He said, the kitchen, we cleaned up the kitchen for you. Didn't you notice it's sparkling clean? We cleaned it for you. And the woman replied, yeah, I noticed. Thankless job, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes being a mom is a thankless job. And that's why we honor our moms with a special day like today. Mother's Day is our opportunity to say a much-deserved thank you. And so moms and any other lady of our church, I want to invite you to stand up if you are able and let us honor you today. We want to be sure that you get one of these flowers, so I got, we got some folks coming to give you a flower. We want to give you one of these and our gratitude for everything you do to us. Moms, stand up. Ladies, stand up in the church. 
All the ladies of the church, stand up, please. Let's give these folks a hand of applause. We'll get to you in a minute. Thank you guys for, uh, for doing that for us and passing out the flowers. Uh, everybody be careful. I see that we have them strode all over the place, but be careful when you leave. And, and let me, we have, we have plenty left over up here, so let me invite you after worship service to come and, and, uh, and get some more flowers to, to take home with them. So thank you guys for doing that, but especially thank you ladies for all that you mean to us and all that you have done in our lives. Uh, you are very special, and, and for those times that we fail to say thank you, allow this day to be a special day for us to say thank you very much. We certainly appreciate you. On the uh, church calendar today, uh, today is a special day for another reason other than the fact that it is Mother's Day, because you see, today is also the day of Pentecost. And before we get into the meaning of Pentecost, I want to I want to tell one more Mother's Day story, and uh, this story I hope will will uh, get us into the spirit of Pentecost. It comes from the nation of Ghana in West Africa. <clears throat> it seems that there were three women there who very much wanted to have children, and and they tried every means that they knew to to get pregnant, but with no success. And so as, as a last resort, they decided to go to the local medicine man to see if he could help. Well, when they arrived and explained their situation to the medicine man, he told them that he could help them, but there was what we would probably call a catch-22 to his medicine. For you see, he explained that they would each go mad when they gave birth to their child, and so they really needed to think about this decision very carefully. And so the three of the, the women went home and, 
They thought about what they had been told and they returned to the medicine man and, and two of the ladies decided that yes, they wanted the medicine so that they could have a child. But the third woman said no, if it would make her go mad, then she wanted no part of having a baby. And so the man gave the medicine to the two women who wanted it and all three women returned to their homes and sure enough, in due time, these two women who took the medicine gave birth to beautiful little babies and they waited several months after their infants were born, waiting to lose their minds, but nothing happened. And so they went back to the medicine man and asked, when are we going to go crazy? And the medicine man asked if they were not already crazy and they said no. But then, as they talked, their, their babies began to get a little fussy. And so both of these women began holding their babies and swaying back and forth and bouncing up and down to calm their babies down. And they began to make funny little noises and strange expressions. And the medicine man began to laugh. He said, look at you, he said to the women. Who is making the music that you are dancing to? And what are these strange cooing sounds that you make? The faces you, can, you distort and your smiles without reason. Is this not craziness? And then he said, I tell you, with children, they will make you even more crazy. With each passing year, you will make fools of yourself in public and in private. Well, when the third woman heard this story, she went back to the medicine man and said that she too now wanted to have a baby, but he told her no, it was too late. For you see, her fear and what others might think of her, her unwillingness to risk the unexpected had prevented her from her deepest desire. I laughed when I first read this story because it is true that a small baby can turn even the most dignified adult into what appears to be someone who has taken leave of their senses. I mean, think about it. It's hard to be dignified when you're making funny faces and saying such things as kitschy, kitschy, coo. And it may be a little bit of a stretch, but that's what we preachers do best. We stretch things a bit to make the connections we want. But it's sort of like what happened on that first day of Pentecost. For you see, when the Holy Spirit came upon those early disciples, they started acting strange. So strange, in fact, that the outsiders accused them of being drunk, probably in the same way that the, the parent of a small child may be accused of being crazy, making those strange baby sounds and funny faces. But even more peculiar, these disciples began to speak in different languages. And the interesting thing is that these uneducated Galileans, most people would think of them as country bumpkins. They were not making just strange babbling noises like the parents of a baby. Rather, they were speaking in recognizable languages, not their native language, but in the languages of strangers from faraway places. And so all of these strangers who were visiting Jerusalem from other lands, celebrating a high holy day of Judaism, suddenly they heard the disciples speaking to them in their own language. It was truly an amazing event. And so it's no wonder that the disciples attracted so much attention and won so many converts that day. There was no earthly explanation for something like this. Only God could touch people in such a way that they could communicate with strangers from other lands so profoundly. And I do not believe that this was just some freak of nature. This was a part of God's plan all along. Because what happened at Pentecost says to us that the gospel is for all people. That is as plain as can be from our story in the scriptures today. They spoke in foreign languages because the gospel is not just for people who speak Hebrew or Aramaic or Latin or Greek. It isn't just for the people who speak English or Spanish or French or Portuguese. It is for people, all people everywhere, 
Rich people and poor people, people of every color and nationality, quiet people and loud people, young people and old, people who are saints and people who are sinners, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everybody. No exceptions, no ifs, ands, or buts, everybody. A journalist once interviewed a man about his service to his community, and this man was known for his outreach to those people who were considered by many to be outcasts. He reached out to the homeless and to those who were in prison, to, to people with HIV, who were HIV positive and had AIDS. And so the journalist asked him, why he did these works of compassion. And the man said, the reason I do what I do is because of Jesus' body language. And the journalist asked, his body language? What do you mean? And the man said, yes, his body language. Think about Jesus hanging on that cross, he said. His arms are stretched to their fullest extent. And I realize that his arms are stretched because they are nailed to a cross, but I deeply, deeply believe that his arms are stretched to their fullest extent, not primarily because he was being crucified, but because all of his life, Jesus stretched out his arms to their fullest extent because that's the only way he could welcome absolutely everyone into the full embrace of God's family. Then the man added, and that needs to be our body language as well. And that should be our body language, shouldn't it? For you see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for all people. That is the message of the cross. That is the message of Pentecost. Strangers from all over the known world heard the gospel in their own language. And it's not a new thought, of course, but I'm afraid that many, many people, both inside the church and outside of the church, still do not understand the significance of that truth. The gospel of Jesus is for everybody. Fleming Rutledge tells about crossing the street near his church in New York City when a taxi cab came roaring around a corner and knocked him to the pavement. A crowd gathered around, an ambulance was called, and, but it, there was a traffic jam and it, it took an unusually long amount of time before the ambulance arrived. In fact, it was about 40 minutes before he was actually placed on a gurney. And in the meantime, he just lay there on the asphalt. He was aware of a lot of people standing around him and looking down at him, but but what he remembers most about that long wait for the ambulance was the distance between himself on the ground and the, the faces that were high above him. In those minutes, he says, he very much needed someone to get down on the ground with him, to, to put a coat underneath his head, to, to hold his hand and, and to stay down there with him until help arrived. And I have this feeling that many of the neediest people in the world look at church people in general as being way up here and themselves as being way down there. And sometimes they get the idea somehow that, that the Christian faith is for the up and ins and not for the down and outs, but of course, just the opposite is true, isn't it? For you see, Jesus tells us that he came for those who are lost and not for those who are found. Jesus came for those who are sick and not for those who are well. And, and, and so how do we help them understand that? Well, we help them understand that by doing just exactly what Jesus Christ did in order to reach to us. And that is that we go down to where they are. And we do not wait for them to make themselves respectable enough to come to us we go to them you know I think a great example of what I'm talking about is what is currently taking place here at Community Baptist Church on Wednesday nights for the past month or so we have had an influx of kids from nearby areas coming into our church to hear the good news about Jesus Christ 
and the teachers and the volunteers are doing a great job providing a fun atmosphere for them to learn about Jesus. And so they're coming. And they're coming in droves. And you know what? They're loud. And they're sometimes, sometimes misbehaved. And sometimes they spill things and they make a mess. And sometimes those of us who are inculcated in the ways of the church feel uncomfortable around them because they are loud. And because they do misbehave. And sometimes we may wish that they would be quiet or a little more careful. But guess what, my friends? The gospel of Jesus Christ is for them. And if we fail in our responsibility to share that gospel, then nobody else is going to do it. And that's what Pentecost is all about. It tells us that the gospel is for all people. And that's good news for us. You know why it's good news for us? It's good news for us because that means that the gospel is also for you and for me. Because, my friends, sometimes we are the ones that are lost. And sometimes we are the ones who are sick. And sometimes we are the ones who are needy. And, and what good news it is to know that the gospel is for us. There's a story about a young man who got into some serious trouble at school. And he tried to explain his situation to a high school counselor. And, and he did it with these sad words. He said, you know what I am? He said, I'm a comma. When I talk to my dad, he'll say something, and then when I start to talk, he makes me a comma. He doesn't interrupt me, but when I'm finished talking, he starts in right where he left, left off. It's as if I had said nothing. You know what he's talking about? Some of you probably do. You may, maybe you have been a comma at some point in your life, maybe in your family, maybe at your work. People don't really listen to you. Maybe people don't really value you the way you think you, they should. Well, listen to this, my friends. There is someone who does listen to you. And there is someone who does value you greatly. And that someone is none other than the master and the creator of all that we see and all that we are. And what a great thing it is to know that you and I are not commas to God. My friends, Christ's arms are stretched to their fullest extent to include even us. And now it is up to us to open our arms so that we may include the whole world. This is what Pentecost is all about. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn, number 314, Whosoever Will. And there may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ and to accept the Lord and Savior, to accept the direction that God leads you, to accept this spirit of power that comes from God's Holy Spirit so that we may follow in the path that God lays before us. Perhaps you feel that, like this young man, feel like a comma and you feel undervalued and underappreciated and underheard, but please know that God loves you more than anything else in the world. And God's people love you too. Maybe you need to make that commitment to God's grace today. Perhaps you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church. And we invite you to do that as the Holy Spirit leads you as we sing together number 314. Whosoever will, would you come?
Moms, I hope you have a wonderful today, a day today. Let me remind you to come up and get some more flowers right out here. As a matter of fact, I'll pull them out front. <laughs> come get some flowers. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day today. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for your spirit that comes into our lives, the spirit of power and hope and peace, the spirit that opens our arms to everyone, knowing that the gospel is for all. Help us, oh God, to follow in your example, the example of your son, Jesus Christ, who lived his life with open arms, welcoming all who would come, whosoever will. And we pray that as we leave this place that we would go in the spirit of your son, that we would go in the power that you have given to us, and that we would go in the love that opens our arms to others. Help us, O oh God, to be your people. And we pray a special blessing today on our moms and pray that you'll be with them and, and, uh, and give them and surround them with your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.